There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Britain is a Nation of. The podcast where we explore British behaviour by unpacking statistics to understand the little differences and similarities between us all. I'm Stuart Henderson, Head of News at Yahoo UK. I'm Matilda Long, Journalist at Yahoo UK. And I'm Victoria Valdez, Data Journalist at YouGov. This week, we're discussing statistics around the theme of sleep, from how often we struggle to nod off to what we wear to bed, if anything. And we're joined by our special guest, Professor Jason Ellis, who is a specialist in psychology at Northumbria University and director of the Northumbria Centre for Sleep Research. Welcome, Jason. Hi, everyone. (laughs) I'm going to go first today. I would like to ask you how much sleep you get every night. I get, on a on a day where I'm going to work, so on a night before I'm going to work, I would get about eight hours sleep, okay. go to bed at about 11, wake up at about seven, but the weekends it's probably quite a lot more because I love a lie-in. Probably Do you more feel like any 10. better after your lie-in? It depends how extreme the lie-in is. I've sometimes, <laughs> I've sometimes overdone it and then felt really groggy and awful. Yeah. But if I get an extra couple of hours, I do. I feel great. And if I wake up naturally, I always feel much better than if I wake up with an alarm. Yeah. Okay. Victoria? Um, probably about the same. Well, more like six, seven hours of sleep on a week night. I also definitely wake up a lot. Like sometimes go for a walk, go back to sleep. <laughs> it's a bit weird. Uh, weekends, I don't really lie in. I've never sorry, been a lie in person. You, I know, you, I know. You wake up, you it's go for a walk. about 3 a.m., yeah. You go for a little walk. <laughs> I just wake up and, I, and I'm just awake. And so I feel like I should do something. And so I just like walk to the kitchen. I have a big house, so it takes a little while. And walk back, go back to sleep. Okay. Wake I up mean, again at seven. <laughs> knock yourself out. Jason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do six and a half. Okay. And for me, if I get any more than that, I'm as miserable as sin. Right. And if I get any less than that, I'm as miserable as sin. So I've got to do it really well. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's it. I, I'm similar. I, I think I get around about between five and a half and six and a half. Mm. I try, I, if it's anything more than seven is very unusual. Uh, but I'm similar. I, I really struggle to sleep for longer than that. And like, does that I'll mean you're up. both going to bed early or waking up? Like, do you know what I mean? Are you going to bed at 10 and waking up at 4 or 5? Or are you going to bed at 2 and waking up at 7? I, I am actually still in my 40s. Um, I'm not going to bed at 10. <laughs> I do sometimes. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, I love it. Oh, no, I'm usually going to bed about midnight, actually. Yeah, right, okay. I'm exactly the same, yeah. yeah. Because I'd much rather, like, tuck in at half past 9 and wake up at 4 or 5 than just delay it. But then I miss all that rubbish telly. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, that's true. That's interesting. But the YouGov poll I'd like to talk about. So the question they asked was how much difficulty Brits have going to sleep. Okay. Uh, I think we'll therefore come back to what times and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. The question was how often at the moment do you suffer with difficulty sleeping? And they gave a number of choices. Uh, Every night or almost every night was was the first one. Mm -hmm. Followed by once or twice a week, a few times a month, a few times a year, once or twice a year, never and some people don't know for some unfathomable reason. Um, <laughs> and I feel like perhaps if you're struggling to get to sleep 
a few times a month and that's probably impacting your like your sleeping patterns and the way you you sort of function and according to uh, YouGov Omnibus 68% of us struggle to get to sleep either a few times a month or more than that and it was 27% struggle to get to sleep every night or almost every night Whoa, which is wow. horrifying that's really high much higher than I thought it would be it's much higher than I thought it would be and I guess my first obvious question what is this doing to us or does we, it do anything to us? Well, actually, you know, when we don't sleep, and all of us have the odd night where we don't sleep, and probably at least one or two nights every week where mm-hmm. we're not as good as we normally are, the the sort of differentiation we have when we talk about someone having a sleep problem mm-hmm. is when they have more than three nights of problems a week. Right. Okay. And that's where we classify that as the starting of maybe an insomnia or some right. other sleep disorder. Because everybody else, you know, something might happen in the day that just knocks you off balance tonight. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a quite an interesting breakdown here where, as if you look at it by age, younger people were far less likely, sort of half as likely to struggle to get to sleep every night. Are there any particular reasons around that? Or? Yeah, there, there's a lot of issues around aging and sleep. As you get older, Mm -hmm. you're more likely to use medication, which might interfere with sleep. You're more likely to be ill as well. But we also know that parts of the brain that sort of help regulate our sleep, they start to degenerate as we get older. Mm -hmm. So as you get into your 60s, those sorts of things really don't help us as much as they used to. They don't keep us in sync the way they used to. And so we are much more vulnerable to a sleep problem. Is that why like teenagers sleep in ages? Oh, (laughs) absolutely. Well, what's interesting about teenagers, I mean, they're not lazy. That's the funny thing. (laughs) When when we go through puberty, our body clock moves back around two hours. And so we lose all of the cues to sleep. So we forget that we're tired. We want to go to bed really, really late and get up really, really late. Now, the difficulty is you've got to get up for school. (laughs) So, of course, Mm -hmm. what happens is, is then you've curtailed your sleep. You're not getting enough. And then you binge on it on Saturday and Sunday. Mm. Because I know that there was a school that a friend of mine worked at, which I don't know if they were just discussing or whether they actually did move the school day Mm. to Mm. 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And it was really controversial. And loads of parents were going, what on earth are you doing? Just Mm. encouraging my kid to be lazy, blah, blah, blah. And the teacher's going, no, we're just following the science that shows they're not going to be concentrating in the morning anyway. Why would I bother dragging them in? And that's the thing. And and there is a lot of movements around the world to actually move school start times. Mm -hmm. But of course, the disruption that's going to have in terms of people's working lives in terms yeah. of yeah. getting the kids to school on time that's going to cause a big upheaval it's interesting so mm. i guess there's nothing quite as frustrating as sort of lying there not being able to get to sleep it's mm-hmm. just like that happens, mm. you know it happens to me relatively frequently just lying there um what is this a problem i i feel like people think as a country we're probably getting less sleep and our mm. sleep health is getting increasingly worse is Is that the case is Mm. there data to back that up or there is i mean the difficulty is that the stresses that used to keep us awake have changed yeah we're no longer worried about something wandering into our cave anymore (laughs) now it's the kardashians Um, (laughs) and so what you've got now is we've got technology we've got a 24-hour society and of course we're all told that we have to be absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. and fit (laughs) and gorgeous so where's that time going to come from we (laughs) sacrifice sleep and we've got a strange tradition of sacrificing sleep to go to the gym yeah. To make ourselves better in every other respect. And yet, actually, what we do know is if you're sleeping well, the right amount, you'll actually lose weight. Okay. Mm. We mentioned teenagers. Yeah. I mentioned lions earlier. <laughs> is that a terrible idea? I think I know the answer. <laughs> well, you know, at the end of the day, 
if you don't have a problem, mm-hmm. go for it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I will. <laughs> you can say that to your parents <laughs> next time. It's only if you've <laughs> got a problem. Jason said. Jason said. <laughs> I mean, if you do have a problem, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you shouldn't be spending all this excessive time in bed. Mm-hmm. And certainly you should get out of bed if you're not asleep. If you're awake in bed, get out of the bed. Okay. What's you... the policy on snoozing the alarm? Is that Ooh. bad for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what that does is any sleep that you get after that is going to be what we call surfing. So you're going to go from wake to a very light sleep, wake yeah, to light, yeah, yeah. wake to light. That sounds ace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. It sounds familiar. Problem is it actually has no benefit for you. Mm. Oh, really? In physical terms. You need deep sleep and you need rapid eye movement sleep in order to refresh the mind and the body. So this light sleep, all it's going to do is weaken the drive to sleep later on at night. That's, That's why napping's <laughs> not good for you either. What? Uh. I love napping. <laughs> oh, no. Well, if you are going to nap, you should really do it for less than 30 minutes. So okay, it's not okay. enough to go into a deep sleep cycle because otherwise your body wants to finish it off. Mm-hmm. You ever had one of those naps where you've woken up and felt absolutely awful? Yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's your body trying to finish a sleep cycle and you're trying to actually do something else. Okay. The two are not friends, mm-hmm. believe me. So, so it goes from, so your sleep, it goes, you start a bit of sleep and then you go into a full on sleep cycle. Yeah. And there any, that's the red zone. That's the red zone. And then any time after that, you're good again. But that's basically a proper sleep. <laughs> that's, that's a proper sleep. Or you mm. go for a full 90 minutes. Okay. Do one complete sleep cycle. So we discussed in the office this week something called a turbo nap. Oh, my. What yes. is a turbo nap? So what you do is you drink a very strong coffee, double espresso, maybe with sugar in there, and then immediately go to sleep before the coffee's kicked in and then sleep for about 30 minutes, which supposedly is the amount of time it takes for caffeine to kick in. And then you wake up and you've had a nap and the caffeine's kicking in and you feel great. Would you advise that? <laughs> Do we know the answer? Wow. No, no, we have absolutely no clue about that. There's clearly no scientific evidence behind it. Damn. <laughs> There's some good clues in there, though, and mm. that's certainly worth a study or two. I think I know what I'm doing this weekend. Right? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I totally signed up for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're talking about how much we sleep. I'm going to bring us on to what we wear when we sleep. Mm. So I'm going to start off with a bit of a personal question. What do you all wear to bed, Victoria? Uh, I have been known to just fall asleep in my clothes <laughs> that I wore that day, or I just find the nearest, like, big comfy thing i think this comes mm-hmm. from like stealing my brother's hoodies when i was a kid and just sleeping in those okay yeah. so not proper pajamas Pajamas? no i haven't for a while mm-hmm. i can't be bothered to Is find like them in case you have to go somewhere quickly <laughs> <laughs> i've never understood the sleeping naked thing I, I like having like a snuggly something on it's comforting all right jason what about you oh i'm naked all the way me too oh. <laughs> uh boxes Okay, but not pyjamas. None of us wear proper pyjamas. No, I have pyjamas, but I I pop them on in the morning to potter downstairs and faff around. That's what dressing gowns are for. (laughs) I I am not, I do not like dressing gowns, just a massive no. They're farty fiddly. What? Can't be bothered. (laughs) It's one like string. What do you mean too fiddly? They're just like a faff. Tie the knot. They're just a faff. The pyjamas have buttons. I don't like them. I have strong opinions about them. I genuinely do. I have a dressing gown and it is not, it's it's on on the hook on the back of our bedroom door and it has not moved for about four years. Wow, okay. Well, the YouGov Omnibus survey found that 45% of Brits never wear pyjamas to bed. Mm. So quite a high number. And the survey, how it actually worked is it asked people whether they wore pyjamas with underwear 
or just pyjamas or no pyjamas at all. And it found that the older you are, basically, the less likely you are to wear pyjamas. Unless you're a man. So when men turn 65, they suddenly become more likely to wear pyjamas, according to this survey. <laughs> Women are slightly more likely than men to wear pyjamas. Younger people are slightly more likely to wear pyjamas. And young women are the most likely to wear pyjamas and underwear. What's the expert opinion on whether we should be wearing pyjamas, <laughs> underwear, both or neither? Well, it's interesting because our body temperature changes when we sleep. So in the evening, we start to cool down. And then in the early hours of the morning, we heat up again. Mm -hmm. And so that could actually be a bit of a problem if you're wearing pajamas or something else, because that's not going to help you regulate your own temperature very well. Okay. What we would suggest, cotton is really good Mm -hmm. and silk. If you can Ooh, afford nice. it. I know, right? <laughs> I'm a strong advocate of silk if you're going to have anything. But these, these two allow you to breathe and they help re-regulate your own body temperature. Now, the difficulty comes because, of course, as certain women get a certain age, mm-hmm. they're going to have hot flashes in the night. And that's going to compound the problem of that temperature regulation. Mm-hmm. And so one of the key things really is... If ever you're really hot in bed, mm-hmm. take your ankles out from under the duvet. Yes. Ankles. Is that a real thing? It I is a real do thing. I do that. Why it your really, ankles? It really, it really helps. It really uh, helps. Okay. Now, I'll tell you why. Because we lose our heat through our head, <laughs> our hands and our feet. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the hands and the head are already out. Okay. So there's only one place to lose heat quickly, mm-hmm. and that's from the ankles. Oh, wow. Okay. So what so, about sleeping with socks yes, on? Exactly. What do you think about that? <laughs> I don't tend to agree with it myself because okay. I think that doesn't help with that regulation of temperature. But if you mm. are a cold sleeper anyway, yeah, go for it. Socks okay. will help. I find if I go to sleep with socks on, I always wake up in the morning without them on. And I don't remember taking them off. I do you, the you same. would have taken them off because Just, you'd have got hot. You needed to release some temperature. And that's exactly what you would have done. And you wouldn't remember it. But I just think it's so it's so funny because it's quite a fiddly thing to do. And the fact that you could just do that <laughs> in you your sleep. believe what we can do when With, we're asleep. Well, yeah. I was, I was going to ask because when I was younger, I would often wake up either having like gone 180 degrees mm. and be the other way around. Or I'd be lying, on, I'd wake up on the floor. What? That sort of stuff. Yeah, quite really? frequently I'd wake up on the floor. Um and my assumption is, and as soon as you said that about taking your socks off, my mm. assumption is you've not had a good night's sleep. If you've managed to, mm. you know, yeah. do a fair amount of productive stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> is that, would yeah. that be the case? Or? Yeah. Because, okay. yeah, to do all of that, anything that you're doing. Mm. I mean, we have patients who do amazing things when they're asleep. They okay. eat. They go for wanders. I mean, as, as a small child, I used mm-hmm. to go next door and ask for biscuits. Did you? I did. Oh, while well, you were asleep, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I never got them. But um, because we're doing all these amazing things, we should really be paralyzed when we're asleep mm-hmm. to allow the body to really fix itself. Mm-hmm. So if you are up and walking and talking or even changing your socks, as some of us might be doing, <laughs> or just scrabbling around on the floor. <laughs> what it okay. means is, is that you're going to disrupt your sleep and that's not always good. Mm. I, I think if I wake up in the morning and you've sort of barely disturbed the bed covers, mm. that's always quite satisfying and you know yeah. that you slept quite well. Okay, well, I'm glad that's sort of true. <laughs> well, another reason to uh, forego your pyjamas, apart from uh, the temperature regulation, a 2015 study found that men wearing boxes or pyjamas can damage your sperm count, mm. apparently. How? Why? I'm not too worried about that. I have two children. (laughs) (laughs) And another thing that might put you off wearing pyjamas, a 2015 survey, which was done by a mattress company, found that the average length people go in between washing their pyjamas is two weeks. I think that's the main reason I don't wear pyjamas. Do you think it's gross? I would have to change them every night, I think. 
because I just mm. like you're in there for like well five hours six hours like that feels wrong to then mm. do that the next day in there and when you're not in them they're under your pillow it's not exactly <laughs> like musty. it's not like they're just like getting a bit of fresh air out in the garden they are <laughs> they're just getting cre- yeah fusty's the word it's just I just can't think of anything worse mm. honestly well no I can't think of anything worse <laughs> for the big big old okay, question we might need to talk about that <laughs> big old question that everyone loves to debate how often do you change your sheets Oh God! Uh, <laughs> I think our house, because I'm not going to say me, mm-hmm. uh, how we do it together, mm-hmm. but our house would aim to change them every week, and mm-hmm. there's probably slippage mm-hmm. <laughs> weekly. Mm-hmm. Definitely not weekly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I aim for weekly and probably do it. It's just so annoying putting them back on. Yeah. I mean, who's got the time? It's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> it, takes, it takes a while. What's the recommended? Do we know? I don't know. Actually, I haven't looked into uh, any studies around that. It should mm-hmm. be between a week and two weeks, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure. And a, another another place where we should be only going for cotton and silk. <laughs> their sheets. It helps with that regulation of our temperature. It helps us breathe. Mm, okay. And wool's good as well. Wool bed sheets. Yep. Okay. I would assume that would make you too hot. It can do, but it's hypoallergenic. Mm-hmm. It's resistant to bugs. Right. Very good stuff. <laughs> um, the bug situations. We've talked about <laughs> Oh, here we go. <laughs> Um, but, but how, what sort of bugs are there? How bad are they for you? Are they kind of benign bugs? Should we not really worry about it? What, at what point should we start worrying about it? How do we know if it's a problem? Well, you've got a big problem that's coming, and it's certainly around America is a mm-hmm. lot at the moment, is um, bed bugs. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's not good for you because they do, you know, they suck your blood at night. And that's quite unpleasant. <laughs> and also, in that instance, you've got to pretty much get rid of the bed, the mattress, anything else and all the clothing another reason not to wear pajamas <laughs> um you'll have to get rid of most things and wash them at really really high temperatures you said that's like particularly in north america at the moment why why is that become I a didn't problem know that. we don't know but it, it's it seems to be around a lot of the hotels and because people are transmitting them but we're seeing <laughs> really? it a lot more in the uk now so yeah oh wow bed bugs are on the increase yeah that's what should, worrying what should people do about that well, they should check before they get into a bed. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you see if... them? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So if you're if you're staying in a hotel, oh. I know oh, <laughs> it's going to make it sound like four in a bed, yeah. isn't it? You're going to start wandering around. But you know, one of the things to do is when you are checking into a hotel, and I do this whenever I'm traveling, mm-hmm. is I will take back to the mattress and I'll check the mattress, and what you'll Ooh. see is little black dots in the lining of the mattress, and that's right. a good indicator that there's bed bugs there or they've been there. Oh my gosh! Okay, good tip. That's slightly worrying. In a more pajama-related news, <laughs> another YouGov poll found that one in three Brits aged sixteen to twenty-four think it's acceptable to go out in public wearing pajamas, <laughs> compared to eight percent of sixty-five-year-olds and older. <laughs> I feel like there's. I feel like if you're going to comment on this, there's a danger you're going to come across a bit snobby. Mm-hmm. I feel that's an inherent problem, but it does strike me as slightly odd. Yeah, because there's obviously people go to the supermarket, do the school run in pajamas. I think some schools have started putting a ban on school runs in pajamas. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Like, how can you justify? That's a bad example. I think. I think you're right. That I think that's quite snobby. Sometimes you might not have time to get dressed if you're a busy parent. No, if you're clothed, I mean, it's not like they're coming in naked. Wear whatever you want. This is why you should wear pajamas, guys. (laughs) (laughs) That school run. I feel. I feel very snobby talking about it, and Mm. like the way I, because I think it is a. It's not ideal, 
but mm-hmm. I'm, I couldn't give you a rational reason why it isn't ideal other than it just doesn't feel right. So I've, I'm conscious that there's a irrationality behind what I'm saying. Okay. I'm not so sure. I mean, think about it this way. If somebody slept in it, and mm. now they're out in it. They're spending eight, nine, ten hours in this thing. <laughs> that's true. I think that's a bit of Maybe a problem. Maybe you're saying it's an indicator that they haven't like showered yet. Yeah. yeah there okay. You go. Yeah, that's true. You're probably, yeah. probably going to harm a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So the survey that I wanted to talk about is about when you are asleep and the dreams that you might have when you're asleep. So has anyone ever had a kind of strange dream or one that left them a bit uncomfortable or confused when they woke up in the morning? Matilda? I have had dreams where I've had arguments with people and I woke up feeling annoyed with them. (laughs) And you know it's completely irrational, but you can't help but feeling a bit irritated as well. I also have a dream that I think is connected to stress and anxiety, which I think is pretty common, which is about my teeth falling out, which Ah. I find quite distressing. And I, I wake up feeling quite disgusting it's, oh, a, wow. it's a really weird recurring dream hmm. I, I rarely am aware that I'm dreaming at the moment I, I, I weirdly I did actually have a dream three or four nights ago that um, my wife's old boss had quit her company and I had to check with my wife did has Bev left <laughs> <laughs> no I, but it's because I, I rarely dream I also had the teeth thing and it is mm-hmm. uh, when I was younger when I was at university particular and it was very it's very distressing because you're it's it's like the, the the more you squeeze your teeth you can feel them crumbling and the and it's Ooh. it's genuinely distressing mm, and I bed. also have a weird dream I also had a weird recurring dream of I don't know if you know the film Vanilla Sky mm. there's a bit <laughs> where uh, the Cameron Diaz character drives <laughs> the Tom Cruise character in a car off a bridge and they just smash into a wall <laughs> I had that sort of dream of of sort of very minor variations of that dream quite frequently for a while but not enough but okay. I don't dream any dream anymore I, do, I, but I assume I dream. I just, oh, yeah. I just, you just don't no remember. Idea. I just don't remember. <laughs> okay. I would like to know why, but I assume we'll come to that. <laughs> I will, yeah. um, well, I actually have the ability to lucid dream, which is quite handy. Is that where mm. you can control you what can you're control doing? The dream. I've had that too. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> you, can be, you can actually be taught to do it. Wow. Really? Okay. Yep, there is something called the mild technique, and it takes about six weeks. Wow. Sorry, and can you explain? Because I don't really know what a lucid mm. dream is. Our Maybe producer some of our is listeners. looking so excited by, <laughs> about lucid dreaming, by the way. <laughs> so, a lucid dream is where during the middle of a dream, you know that you're dreaming. Right. And then you can actually change the landscape. And so, let's say 
we use it a lot if we're dealing with people with PTSD, for example. Okay. Yeah. Because what happens oh, right. there is they're having flashbacks, they're having nightmares. And if you've got control over the dream, that person chasing you, well, suddenly they get stuck in the mud, not you. <laughs> that person who's wow. chasing you, suddenly they've got clown shoes on as opposed to hiking boots. So <laughs> you can actually control the dream, which actually does have an impact on how you feel the next day. How do you know you're controlling the dream and it's not just the dream? <laughs> Because you wake up and you'll know that you actually had that dream and you had that capacity to change it. Okay. And within the dream, you Make a you have a moment where you yep. where you think I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. I know I'm dreaming. Mm -hmm. I have the, but I have the ability to actually change the landscape and do what I want to do with it. And how does that manifest itself? Like, what choices do people often make to like what improves a dream from a personal <laughs> perspective? <laughs> Well, there's a lot of research about how dreams are related to anxiety and depression, for mm. example. And the people that we dream about, and the people that we dream about, they do have a special place for us, maybe positively or negatively. But how we actually interact with them can give us an indication of how well we think of them psychologically. Mm -hmm. So when you're going through a divorce, for example, the way that we actually dream about our soon-to-be ex-partners actually dictates whether we're going to overcome and do better out of it, or whether we're going to become depressed and anxious by it. Wow, oh, okay. Who knew that dreams could be so interesting? Well, of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> so the survey that I was looking at is actually about sex dreams and Ooh, how okay. many Brits have had sexual dreams about different people in their lives. So this sounds this like sounds like it could be quite related to what you were just talking about, about how it explains your relationship, <laughs> your psychological relationship with people who are close to you. Exactly, mm. yeah. Although well, much of what I was reading around it said that sometimes, given that particularly sexual dreams might freak us out if it's with like a family member or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. someone who we thought wasn't particularly appropriate, that perhaps it was more about this symbolizing something yeah. else, something you were looking for in your life rather than necessarily you want to have sex with your brother and, and you're really weird. <laughs> okay. So one in three men and one in six women in the UK have had a sex dream about a colleague and the same proportions have had one about a friend. One in five Brits have had a sex dream about a celebrity. One in three have had one about their current romantic partner. It's good to Aww. know that they make the cut. <laughs> one in 10 have had a sex dream about a teacher. Ooh. And one in three men and one in six women have had one about an attractive stranger. 18 to 24 year olds are much more likely to have sex dreams about their friends. And uh, 25 to 34s are more likely to have sex dreams about all of the above categories. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that, those is, are the stats. Is there anything particular about sex dreams that says something about the individual that other dreams don't? Because they seem a particularly unique type of dream for obvious reasons. <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, we know that all dreams have certain emotions tied to them. Some of them are going to be sexual. And you think about it, we actually become quite sexual during the night anyway. Men, for example, will get an erection every 90 minutes. And so... Really? That, what? Yeah. Every that. night? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> Mind blown. When, when somebody enters REM, a man generally will uh, get an erection. Every 90 minutes? Well, that's generally how long a sleep cycle lasts, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> so that's where you might actually get more of those sex dreams coming in. Mm -hmm. But it's all about the emotion. And mm. the, one of the problems we've got is we don't know a lot about dreams. Mm. It's not incredibly well studied, believe it or not. There is a school of thought that dreams really are just a way of getting rid of all the information that we don't need anymore. So during the night, we're going to process every single thought, feeling, behavior that we've gone through and ask ourselves, do we need this? Do we okay. need this to survive? 
I, that just doesn't like ring true to me. That no? just doesn't make really? sense. Like that feels like a really convenient explanation. It feels like it, it's an outward way of thinking about dreams, mm. whereas surely they they these are like ways that are digging further into your psyche. Like it has to be that. Surely it's not like <laughs> you say, oh, I, I need to think about this though. I didn't get around to it, so I'm just going to get rid of it. Well, if there's something mm-hmm. bothering you and you fall asleep and it's bothering you, I think it's. It's very likely that you would yeah. manifest that. I, I often dream about things that I've been thinking about just mm-hmm. before I go to sleep. Yeah. I think that's quite a rational explanation. And, and you definitely can problem fears. Solve. Yeah. 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 I still is, have yeah. exam anxi- anxiety dreams. I still have a dream that I'm sitting an exam and I haven't done any revision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Normally my history GCSE, weirdly. So, well, so what does it say about if you don't often dream or if you don't often remember dreaming? Well, if you don't often remember a dream, you're probably dreaming as much as everybody mm. else. It's just that you're sleeping right the way through. And of course, if people are reporting more and more dreams, mm-hmm. that is a sign that they're waking up during the night, which is not good. Oh, really? So, yeah, so okay. then we need to figure out why they're waking up might be pain might be a changing medication mm-hmm. it could even be you know people emptying the dustbins or coming <laughs> home late from work mm-hmm. so it's always interesting if somebody says that they have a lot of dreams and they wake up mm-hmm. we've really got to figure out why they're waking up so much okay so when i was doing a bit of reading into this idea of uh, sexual dreams they basically said that exactly this idea that it isn't necessarily literal and that for example it usually signifies that you're thinking about the emotion that you would associate with that person or with that experience so if it's an ex for example there's lots of articles online generally in kind of like women's magazines where it was like <laughs> what happens if I'm having dreams about my ex oh my god and all the articles like don't worry you didn't make the wrong choice you're just like you know you you miss you you miss the emotional connection you you want to feel desired you want to feel love or excitement or whatever and it's not actually about that particular person the same article had a slightly more spurious connection that said if you have a sex dream with a celebrity it means that you want to feel special because someone really important is like choosing you i wasn't so sure about that then there was a particularly weird one that having sex at an airport means that you want to get a dream off the ground anyway (laughs) there are some dodgy ideas on the internet but i do agree (laughs) why why isn't there much research into it because it seems Mm. like the most Mm. one of the most obvious things that we don't understand that needs to and it signifies it seems to signifies so many things both mm. both in terms of sort of individuals health and their personality and all sorts i think there's two reasons one dreaming has always been sort of associated with freud and all of that sort of stuff and so when science moved on and we become a lot more sensitive about how we measure sleep and what we understand about sleep that got left behind and one of the other things is up until incredibly recently we couldn't even tell what a dream was Mm. we couldn't see one in somebody's brainwave activity but now Mm. we can Mm -hmm. and now we can actually tell whether someone's having a positive dream or a negative dream that's as far as we've got so far does that mean potentially you will they'll be able to influence whether people have positive or negative dreams that will be the next step i would imagine is to see whether you can manipulate those brainwave activities to actually reduce negative dreaming isn't this like in the bfg where he like feeds people <laughs> positive yeah. or negative dreams is that your job oh, that's, what I that's so cool are you with the bfg <laughs> so if you had any sort of tips for people who do struggle to sleep where should they start what's like 101 get sort yourself out Right. So the first thing, you should never spend time in bed awake trying. How many of us who sleep normally try? None of us. We all just get into bed and we do it. Mm -hmm. The difficulty is, is when people can't sleep, they'll spend a lot of time in bed and they're trying. And what happens when you try and you don't get very far? You're going to get anxious. You're going to get frustrated going to get miserable and that's not really conducive to sleep Mm -hmm. so you know what if you're awake 
and it's practical, get out of bed. Spend some time out of the bed. Go back when you're tired. Also, you know, there's this whole thing about putting the day to bed before you go to bed. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a couple of hours between finishing off daytime stuff and doing nighttime stuff. Write down lists. Lists are good to clear out the brain, allow you to actually decompress. <laughs> Stuart's not looking impressed. I, my whole life is being vindicated. I love lists. <laughs> the difficulty is, is we can take those lists to bed if we like, mm -hmm. and we'll take them to bed and mentally we'll just go over and over and over them. What we want to do is actually fill our brain with something that's completely meaningless. So you've heard about counting sheep. Mm -hmm. mm. Now, it's a great principle. The difficulty is it's too simple. Mm -hmm. You know, you can think about Flossie jumping over a fence at the same time. <laughs> you can think about your mortgage. Mm. But what you need to do is actually do something that's far more complex. So with patients, I'll get them to count backwards from a thousand in sevens. I feel oh, that's very, quite tough. I feel very vindicated. <laughs> I get my son, to, my eight-year-old son, to practice his times tables. Exactly. Yeah. It's For alternative yeah. reasons. <laughs> yeah. All it does is it distracts the brain and the brain eventually will switch off. Mm. Now, you know, it's one of those things I say to a patient, yeah, I'm going to get you to count backwards from a thousand in sevens. And they go, oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. And I say, well, I'm, there's not going to be a test next week. Don't worry. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you do it right. It doesn't matter if you do it wrong, if you lose your place. What we're just doing is filling the brain with something that's all consuming, but has no emotion attached to it. Right. Eventually, the brain will shut itself off. You overload the system. Do you recommend then listening to music or maybe a podcast or an audiobook or something? That's something I do quite a lot. I think that can be very helpful. Yeah. If you don't have a sleep problem, absolutely go okay. for it. You can do anything you like if you don't have a sleep problem. <laughs> the difficulty comes because when you start to have a sleep problem, all of those things that we do around the bedroom, they become almost associated with being awake then. So that podcast might be associated mm. with being awake. Reading that book might be associated with being awake. And that's the point we want to get those out of the bedroom. So but you should have a bedtime book. I love Aww. a bedtime book. Oh, that's a nice Bedtime idea. story. Yeah. Harry Potter audio book. <laughs> <laughs> so what is Britain a nation of this week? I feel like we're not great yeah, a third of the population will have a period of this insomnia where it's more than three or more nights a week. So we don't actually, like pyjamas. Yeah. <laughs> We're quite naked in bed, I think. <laughs> apparently at least half of us are prone to erections. <laughs> so. Oh, I'm still reading from that information. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of tossers and turners. I think we are. Tired tossers and turners. Tired tossers and turners. Yeah. Good night. <laughs> Thanks for making it all the way to the end of Britain is a Nation of... How can they get in touch, Matilda? You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo News UK, or you can find us on Facebook under Yahoo UK and Ireland, or email us on Yahoo News UK at oath.com. And join us again for another deep dive into very British behaviours. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.